Yo, yo, and welcome to the Professor Jones and the Digs podcast. My name is Dave Jones, and I am the Professor. My name is Danny Jones, and I am the Digs. Professor Jones is a podcast dedicated to the art of film and cinema. Every month, we choose a certain theme and pick three movies within that theme. Every week, we break down one of those movies for our movie of the week. And this week, we are starting off the month of December, which is obviously going to be Christmas movie month. And we are talking about everybody's favorite childhood classic Christmas movie, Home Alone. And they even say the name of the movie in the movie. Um, but before we get to that... Let's start off with some bro down here. Dana, Mr. Diggs, what do you got for us this week? Well, yeah, uh, I guess, yeah, this week for the bro down, there is a lot of stuff that we could talk about, but I think the main thing is uh, the Avengers dropped a new trailer. And basically, what are your thoughts? What are your thoughts on this new trailer? You know, I wasn't... I mean, obviously I'm excited for Avengers Infinity War, but it's kind of one of those things where I'm like, hey, you know, the Avengers movies are pretty fun. I've been enjoying them so far, and uh, I really liked Thor and uh, the uh, Guardians of the Galaxy and stuff. Um, man, that trailer was just so awesome. I am. It was so awesome. I am beyond pumped now. Like, I didn't, I didn't expect myself to get that excited for this movie, and now I'm just like... I think I might watch every single Marvel Cinematic Universe movie and like just start going through them all. Like, I know, get ready for this because it. it comes out in May. I mean, it's gonna be that will be here quick. pretty quick. Gosh, man, yeah, I'm pumped. I'm I'm really excited for that because that looks that looks just amazing. It and was I mean, it was definitely it was a well made trailer. They, yeah, it, it it was great. And I think that like another another big thing is like seeing some of these you know like Doctor Strange or Spider Man. Like I didn't. I mean, I liked those movies. It's not like I was like crazy about them but you know how we were saying that like um captain america or thor like those standalone movies were just kind of like meh they were fine but then when you they got together in the avengers like those characters just became so awesome and i think that that's what's going to happen here like i think that doctor strange and spider-man are going to come and join up with the avengers and those characters are going to play off of each other so well and then also like the guardians of the galaxy with thor you know it's like who the heck are you guys and they're all just standing there it's like i, I cannot know. wait to see what that conversation that so entails good. like bringing all this stuff together i i'm excited man that's gonna be cool i'm really excited i think that they've been building up to it for a while um but i think that it's gonna be really really entertaining what'd you think of josh brolin though as the um, he looks see i've been worried about thanos the entire time uh just leading up to this movie and it's yeah he looks great he looked great yeah yeah i don't yeah, it's uh, what are the, the California raisins? <laughs> oh, what? Yeah, it kind of looks like that. It looks like a California raisin. Just steps off little... everybody's like, oh my gosh! Like, oh, it's one of those things. That's a that's a California raisin that's been juicing, and now he's here to take over the world. Oh my gosh! He looks weird, but it, it lo- he looks a lot cooler than I envisioned. He does look a lot cooler and just, you know, here's, here's one thing that I don't know if this is going to happen, but this is like what I'm picturing in my mind. Cause you see the, uh, the, uh, the arm hair stand up on, uh, on Peter Parker, uh, 
yeah, Peter Parker. And he looks over and sees that big wheel in the sky over New York or Washington DC, wherever. And he, he goes over and tries to fight it or whatever. And you see Thanos just putting Spidey on the ground. I'm so excited. If, if what happens is that when he first shows up, Spider-Man's first on the scene and Spider-Man tries to take him on alone and Spider-Man just gets not probably not killed, but like seriously just annihilated and everybody else comes and saves him. I think that might be the coolest scene in any superhero movie ever. If Spider-Man's the first one to show up and try to take Thanos on by himself, because I think Spider-Man is definitely, he's my favorite superhero, but I think that he is a little bit of witty banter right at Thanos. Like as soon as he arrives, you know, Yeah, exactly. I just I think that you could build up to something really perfect to break the ice. Yeah, exactly. Because I think that Spider-Man is probably he's at least one of the top Avengers and one of the most powerful guys out there. So it'll be exciting to see him. We get it. You like him. Go on. I know. I know. I think he is just amazing and most powerful (sighs) ever. And he's just, oh my gosh, (laughs) that's all the webs and everything he's slinging. Peter Parker and uh, Tom Holland. Um, But no, I'm excited. That that scene in the trailer when his arm hair stands up, that's really cool. My arm hair is really cool. (laughs) <laughs> my back hair stood up <laughs> uh, but yeah i'm excited i'm way excited for that i don't really know what's going on i think a lot of things will be clarified in black panther when we see kind of what is going on there because get looks this like man a shield i dude i read online like i was reading a reddit uh thread about that and people are like that was like my favorite line of the trailer i'm like really because that was my least favorite that was like the I most know, cliche it was, my, was, it was my least favorite too <laughs> that was my most uh, i'm just kind of i'm over captain moment. america to be honest i'm over chris evans i just don't really not into it I, it'll be cool to see him in the avengers but i, I just am kind of i don't know i want to see spider-man i want to see iron man still obviously just every yeah, time it's yeah. like get this man a shield and then you see chris evans walking out it's like oh oh great here we go whoopee yeah dude they should get whoopi goldberg on these um no <laughs> dude, uh, dude that actually i was thinking about that she's whoopi guinan goldberg is and then guinan from star trek next generation is suddenly one of the avengers she's Whoa. like the uh prophesying avenger yeah that'd be cool um no but uh yeah I, it was a great trailer i'm excited to see what they do with that and it they was, brought the, the alan silvestri the alan silvestri theme i was like sweet i remember that, that was yeah good, how, good it's, how it's very it's like <laughs> slow at the beginning too it's like kind of piano and then by the end of it that's sweet yeah and they had the the russo brothers they're the ones that are directing it and putting it all together because they did uh captain america civil war so i think we're in pretty good hands i liked captain america civil war so they were great with action at least and comedy yeah i mean it's kind of hard you know it's like when we talked about our our favorite five it's like i only like guardians of the galaxy and thor more than that just because they're so freaking hilarious you know what i mean that's that's why i chose those over that and then it's kind of hard to go up against joss whedon and uh, john favreau as far as iron man and the avengers go so i mean i I think that you kind of wish it was joss whedon i do too or john favreau but i'd rather have john favreau do the freaking lion king Gosh. Oh, and the cast looks great. I know the cast does look good, really good for the Lion King. I'm excited for that. Yeah. I mean, everybody looks pretty great. The only person uh, is is Timon, that actor that is playing Timon. Yeah, I don't know much about him. But he was but... in uh, Parks and Rec for a second. Yeah, he's he like a comedic. Sort of 
communicate. You got you to gotta trust the process, though. You trust the people. You do. you do. You know, there's there's always those things that you're like, who is that? And then they just end up killing it. And you're like, great. That's awesome. Um, it's also that guy from the Ghost in the Darkness. He's Rafiki. Oh, yeah, he is. Yeah. Great. That guy's um, great. I know. He's the best. Um, cool. Well, uh, yeah, looking forward to the Avengers uh, Infinity War or whatever it's called. Going to be great. So Avengers Infinity War. Yeah. Let's do it. Um, for my bro down, I wanted to just highlight and, uh, talk a little bit about this upcoming awards season and, uh, what, what movies are coming out that look, that look good and are probably going to be, uh, Oscar buzzworthy and what movies you're excited for. Um, I would say that my personal, uh, my personal favorite or the one I'm looking forward to the most is probably, I, I think it's called in our darkest hour or maybe it's just darkest hour with Gary Oldman playing Winston Churchill. I think that that movie is going to be freaking awesome. I'm so pumped for that one, but there's okay. quite a, there's quite a few movies that are coming out that, that are looking really good. I know that, uh, James Franco and Seth, Seth Rogen's, uh, disaster artist is getting really good buzz and it might yeah, it actually looks excellent. kind of be a dark horse for, uh, Academy Awards. Um, What's the what's the Matt Damon one where they um, downsizing the the shrinking one? That one's also getting a lot of oh, good buzz. Have I haven't you, even heard of that. You haven't seen the trailer for that? I haven't heard of that or the Gary Oldman one. Oh, dude, watch the trailer for both of them, man. They look so good. I'm looking forward to the Gary Oldman because Winston Churchill's great, and he deserves a movie to be made just about him. Um, yeah. And he'll give that speech, you know, like we'll fight them on the beaches, we'll fight them in the whatever, you know, whatever. It's gonna be. It's going to be great. Um, but also, have you seen the trailer for that Hostiles with Christian Bale? Uh, maybe. Is that the one where they're like traveling through the country or something yeah, like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. It's like post-Civil post War. Ago. He's uh, escorting an American Indian um, who's actually Magua from uh, uh, Last of the Mohicans. Um, oh, nice. That guy's yeah, still yeah, doing it, dude. huh? That's and sweet. he looks exactly the same, man. It's crazy. There's he was something in, about, I mean, there's something in the genetics or something like that. Like with, with that so guy. Funny. Yeah. Cause he's in, he's in last of the Mohicans and then he was in dances with wolves and I've seen him in something else, but then he's in this and dude, he looks the exact same in every single movie. It's crazy. That guy hasn't aged a day. Um, but it's so funny how different people like you'll have like a friend in high school or something like that. Or like me and you, for instance, or something like that. Like I might get to 45 and just be just old. <laughs> you know, but then the <laughs> yeah. other person will be just like, I don't know. I lucked out and I have, I'm good. You know, or I'd like, be willing you know, to make a wager. If you looked at both of us at 45, you're going to look a heck of a lot better than I will. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I don't know about that. Well, well then if we're doing a wager, uh, I'm just going to let myself go. <laughs> Cause I want to, I'm a, I'm competitive. I'm counting down the days till I get to let myself go. Really? I know. Just kind of sick of trying really sick of trying to look good. Um, anyway, but, um, that, that's going to be really good. I'm really excited for that one because I think that, I think that there, there aren't enough movies and stories about American Indians in general. I mean, wind river was so freaking good this last, and that's going to be another one that comes up. Wind rivers still, well, Blade Runner is probably better, but um, other than that, Wind River was my favorite movie I saw this year. It's incredible. Um, I don't even know what it is. 
Jeremy Irons, he's investigating a uh, he's investigating um, a dead girl on an Indian reservation. Um, I think it's Arapaho Indian Reservation in Wyoming, and uh, a bunch of stuff goes down, and it's oh, it's so good, so good. cool. Yeah, you got to watch that one, man. Um, but he's Alfred and Batman too. What? What do you mean, Jeremy Irons? Yeah, or, isn't he? Oh no, no, no! Did I say Jeremy Irons? I meant Jeremy yeah, Renner. Oh. Oh no, Jeremy Piven. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm like, well, which Jeremy is it? Was it Irons uh, Piven or, or Renner? Okay, excuse, so it's Jeremy Renner. Excuse okay. me. I meant Jeremy Renner. Hawkeye. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Scar. Um from Lion King, who Jeremy Irons plays, but not in the new one. Um anywho. Uh yeah, so Hawkeye was great in Wind River. Um what other ones am I not thinking of here? There was Three, three billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri with the girl from Fargo. It's getting really, really good buzz. I'm excited about that one. <laughs> I don't know. You don't, I don't know, know anything about any of these, dude. I follow none of that. I'm the, you know, because this podcast has to have both sides. There is the dude that loves the film and the history of it all. And then there's the dude that is just the big Star Wars fan and loves the, you know, the you know tom hardy <laughs> so <laughs> yeah i don't know i'm the i'm I, the, I in really, our darkest hour and counting down the days till the oscars and you're sitting there watching star wars and <laughs> avengers trailers again and again and again <laughs> i've watched half of episode seven since we've had started this conversation <laughs> i don't I'm it's just out. odd in the background because um, i just i don't know i i now i guess now that i have movie pass maybe i'll go to more movies I just ordered mine. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a lot of good movies that are going to, that are going to be Oscar contenders and I'm excited to see all of them. I was trying to think real quick if I could think of any others that I, that I may have left out. Oh, um, the, the shape of water. Um, What's uh, a Guillermo del Toro's movie is looking really good. Okay. So I I know about that one. Kind of a science fiction. I don't know if that'll strike Oscar, but uh, I think it'll be still really good. What's that new Soar's Ronin one? Um, it's gotten like the highest Rotten Tomatoes. Um, oh, actually, uh, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, totally. I have no idea. <laughs> I've never heard that. <laughs> it's some. It's like the name of a bird or something. Anyway, well, me and mom will talk about this because me and mom really get into the Oscar <laughs> the Swords stuff. of Ronan, that's what it's called? No, no, no. Her name is, I don't know how to pronounce it. It's it's an Irish name. Um, Sours, Sours, Ronan. She oh, was, the Sours. Uh, yeah. Like, like um, yeah, like multiple sores on your mouth. Yeah. No, <laughs> like cold sores. <laughs> I, mean, I don't know. It's like S-A-O-I-E. Y O I. There's like eight. You vowels. know what I hate? There's like eight it's vowels in a row. Me too. <laughs> I'm not a big fan. Yeah. I hate canker sores. You eat too much uh, uh, sour food or salty food, and man, they just sting. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. Is there anybody in there? I got. Uh, I have nothing on that. I just don't have a a good joke to. You know, and I haven't got very many canker sores in my life, so I've gotten a few, and I'm tired of it. To be honest, I've got a I canker like sore them. in my mouth. I keep poking it with my tongue, but that's only making it that's worse. That's only making it worse. It's Family Guy skit right there. Um, I don't know. I, I apologize though for the Oscar stuff because 
I really just haven't followed it too much. So you're saying all these titles that usually I am a little more on top of it. You said, you know, I want to talk some Oscars and immediately in my head, I went, Oh no, because I have no, I have not followed that at all. I've been so interested in star Wars this season and you know, the Avengers and you know, justice league, all that stuff that I just haven't even, I haven't even thought about the Oscars. You know what's fun though is that in like a week and six days we're going to be sitting down to talk about episode eight oh and do our gosh. thoughts about that. So I'm starting to lose it a little bit. Like I, I, have a, I have so much to do in the next two weeks, and I cannot stop thinking about Star Wars. It's probably like, a good thing though because it'll fly by and you'll just be there. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Oh my gosh, I'm kind of yeah, I'm getting emotional, tearing up. Choking up a little bit. Um, yeah, there's a lot of good Oscar movies coming out. And uh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to put that pressure on you. I uh, guess I just thought that you might be better informed about all this. <laughs> all right. So let's move on to the main event discussing the Christmas classic Home Alone. Now, Home Alone is one of those movies that I have seen every year at least once since uh, when did this movie come out? What is it? 1990? Yeah. So pretty yeah, 90, much 91. Something yeah, like that. As far back as my memories serve me, uh, I remember this 90. movie and I've watched it every year. And as far as Christmas movies go, there's not too many that rank higher than this one. Um, it's definitely in my top five, probably my top three. And uh, I just think it's, it's an absolute Christmas classic. Uh, there's stuff about it. That's fairly unbelievable. Um, but at the end of the day, it's just such a, just a, such a good, fun, nice story. That's just, it's funny. It's sentimental. It's super entertaining. The music is incredible. Um, and I, I just love this, this movie, this movie makes me feel like it's Christmas. You know what I mean? There's, I think there's a couple more, a couple movies that make me feel more Christmassy, I guess. But this, this one, I always like to watch. I like to watch this one early off in December because it really, it really breaks me into the Christmas season season so i freaking love this movie dude it's it's so good and i don't mind watching it multiple times every year and i'm excited uh, yeah. to watch it every single year it's not like i'm like oh i gotta you know this year it's like oh i gotta sit down and really think critically about home alone didn't mind it at all i absolutely loved watching it i love it yeah absolutely i think it, it definitely kind of puts you in the season i just can't really imagine making a movie like this and having it immediately stick as like a Christmas classic kind of like elf did maybe when it came out. I mean, that's probably the most recent that came out and was like, cool. This is a Christmas classic. You know, this is something that'll probably be watched every year. I can't even imagine that happening because this movie, it really is. And the second one, like they're oh, both yeah. so well done. Uh, I love it. Yeah. I mean, it is, it's usually one of the first ones that I watch just because I feel like the anticipation of it is almost too much. It's like, Oh, I want to watch home alone that, <laughs> that and Christmas vacation, but Christmas vacation. I usually watch early on and then I will probably watch it again right before Christmas. I watch Christmas watch vacation it. like multiple times. Yeah. Multiple times or somebody else will be watching it. And same with home alone. I mean, those kind of go hand in hand. They're just, um, they're always on this time of year and you just, you sit down and you, you can jump in, watch a little bit of it and just walk back out and not really have to finish it or anything. Like, and it's not even like, even if you don't have like cable, some, for some reason, like your Xbox will just turn on, like you'll come home and your TV will just be on and have it playing. 
and like <laughs> you're the like, pe- like the power cords unplugged <laughs> and you're like oh my gosh <laughs> that's the thing though is that happens and you just walk in and sit down and just start watching it like you but don't I mean, even yeah, question you what's happening you're put like the popcorn oh, yeah. in the microwave and keep going <laughs> you're like, you're like, okay, oh nice cool. it's a church scene <laughs> yeah i uh so yeah this movie is just a classic it's so great uh and it's just like any other thing you the more you watch it there's still even little things that i didn't see you know that i didn't see last year that i didn't notice like this time that i watched it i was like oh there's that or oh there's that and i just i love that i love that about these christmas movies there's just you could just keep going this one has such a good message too it does such a good message don't mess with joe pesci yeah exactly if you're a kid it's okay to commit crimes exactly yeah if you That's, are an adult and you're making a kid's movie, say fridge instead of the F word. So perfect. There you have it. Yeah. Well, what were you? I, I watched the uncut, the R-rated. <laughs> the home, home alone, unrated. <laughs> unrated version. Joe Pesci just just dropping so many swear words the entire time. Just everything I don't know that we what know version has been you dubbed have. Over. You must have the Hallmark, the TBS taped over the football game version. <laughs> okay, you little boo. <laughs> I'm coming in. <laughs> and they murdered Kevin McAllister. <laughs> I'm the alternate ending was really, really dark. It was um, really gory. I, I'm not a fan of it, but have you seen that? Um, have you seen that YouTube short that's out there of Kevin McAllister when he's older and he like? abducts oh, this guy that, that tried to break into the car that was really funny that. yeah yeah just thinking about him when he grows up and he's just completely his life is just horrible because he had such ridiculous experiences when he was younger that he'll never recur from or never yeah. uh, never be able to recover from and also the family stuff never probably went away you know like the parents came home and they were like oh kevin you're safe but then i feel like the whole family still, I bet his brothers and sisters were still just jerks to him. Le incompetent. Le incompetent. <laughs> it's like, oh, well, let's, let's get into they're it. They're jerks, um, older siblings. Oh, they're such jerk older they're siblings. jerks to him. Poor yeah. little kid. Um, so this movie had, like you were just saying, that this movie uh, was an instant Christmas classic. This movie had a budget of $18 million and it grossed $534 million. Wow. And, dude, in 1990, it was the number one domestic box office movie. Wow. This movie, Ghost was worldwide. But, I mean, just in the United States, this one killed it. Like, I cannot believe that. This is just a freaking kids movie, but it was just so good. And, you know, you want to say a lot of that is Macaulay Culkin because he is the epitome of just incredible child actor because he is so good in this movie. So great. Um, but there's a lot of other factors at play too. Uh, this movie was written by John Hughes, who is pretty much the best director, at least best, uh, like comedic or, um, teen comedy, uh, director of the 1980s. He did a lot of good stuff. Breakfast club, Ferris Bueller's day off. He did uncle buck and he did planes, trains and automobiles. Yeah. And the reason actually that Kevin McCauley or, Kevin McCauley, Macaulay, Macaulay, uh, Macaulay Kevin, Culkin, McAllister, 
Kevin McAllister, Macaulay Culkin. Um, Kevin McCauley. Kevin McCauley. <laughs> Braveheart. Uh, McLeod. That's Highlander right That's there. Highlander. Wow. Um, uh, but uh, he, so Uncle Buck, uh, Macaulay Culkin is in, and there's a scene in Uncle Buck where Macaulay Culkin looks out of the mail slot and um, kind of interrogates the would-be babysitter as she's trying to come in. And this that's the entire reason that Home Alone was made, because John Hughes thought that that was a hilarious scene, and he had the idea for Home Alone just from Macaulay Culkin's acting in that scene. Wow. Yeah. And so he He's wanted to have actor. Ma- oh yeah. He's great. And so he wanted to have Macaulay Culkin, but he decided to interview a bunch of, um, have a bunch of other kids try out. And he, that only reinforced the idea that Macaulay Culkin should be Kevin McAllister. Did the kid that got in the van and like, you know, kind of like almost poses as Kevin McAllister. Is that kid like the second runner up or something? Yeah, He was the second runner. Does this van get good gas mileage? <laughs> You know, I actually have, I think I have that whole thing somewhere. Hi, I'm Mitch Murphy. I live across the street. You guys going out of town? We're going to Orlando, Florida. Well, actually, first we're going to Missouri to pick up my grandma. Did you know the McAllisters are going to France? Do you know if it's cold there? Do these vans get good gas mileage? <laughs> Just crazy. Dude, I love when, the, when the, he's in the car or he, that guy says, geez, kid, I don't know. Hit the road. And then later that kid's sitting like on his lap in the car. And he I goes, know. I told you, kid, don't bother me. Beat it. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I love that. This kid just won't leave him alone. I love that kid though. He he cracks me up every time he I does, watch this every movie. Time. More and more. That's like that almost becomes like one of my favorite characters in the entire film because that kid kills me. Um but anyway, so John Hughes, um, he wrote the script and, and it's a fantastic script. Um, and then Christopher Columbus or Chris Columbus, who is known for many good movies, adventures in babysitting, Mrs. Doubtfire, and of course, Harry Potter Harry one Potter. and two, which are Uno my favorites. Um, but he was supposedly supposed to direct Christmas vacation and he realized that he was not going to get along with Chevy chase. And so he asked if there were any other movies that were coming out that he could direct. And, uh, John Hughes said, yeah, I got home alone coming out. I would like you to do this. And so anyways, that's wow. the story of Christopher Columbus directing this movie. So fantastic. Not to be Christmas vacation. Uh, you know, I'm not sure. I haven't done the research. I guess we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll find that out here shortly. It's just National Lampoons. That that's actually a guy. <laughs> National Lampoons, Mr. Lampoon. <laughs> Your wife is name. on the phone. Um, <laughs> Mrs. Lampoons is on the phone. Um, but uh, yes, yeah. National Lampoon. <laughs> <laughs> but so a lot of a lot of good people at play here, and of course. Um, would you say that this is, I don't think this is like star Wars where John Williams plays like 25% of it, but man, John Williams score throughout this thing is, is pretty, it's pretty pivotal. Like, Oh yeah. It's huge. Yeah. It's huge. Cause it, Johnny it does, Dubs always makes it. He always makes his mark in these movies. He does. And he makes a lot of the sentimental scenes seem just so much more sentimental. Mm-hmm. And, um, there's a lot of, you know, like the pranks and stuff or not even the pranks, but just the, uh, the, the ways in which Kevin McAllister tries to terrorize these two burglars at the end, the music plays into it so much in some of those scenes and building up the comedic effect of a lot of I it. Know. Um, and I'll talk about that later, but, um, yeah, he, John Williams kills it with this score. And he also created like an original score that seems so so Christmassy. 
you know he's a, he's if, incredible it's original christmas music and it's great and it's like, like it's ever i mean there's always hints in these movies that you can kind of hear other movies like other scores uh within his score but at the same time they're always just they're always extremely original you know this hook um obviously it goes without saying all the you know jaws jurassic park harry potter it just seems like every single major theme that you ever think about is john williams no yeah totally and you can see parallels and you can see um similarities between all of his scores there's obviously some some themes and motifs that sound a lot a lot more a a lot like others but um they all do stand rather unique there's always something that is really really good about each one of them and this one this one's one of the best one of the best that he's done. So, uh, and you know, when at the opening credits with the, uh, you know, that the graphic going, where oh, it's yeah. showing the neighborhood and all that stuff. I sit down and watch that every time. I don't actually yeah, skip oh, yeah. through it because I just, I just like watching that. I think it's cool. So, right. Let's talk about, let's talk about a little bit of this movie to start off. Um, what do you think just Macaulay Culkin, his performance, here's something that I noticed that I wanted to get your take on. Um, he is so good when he's by himself and doing the scenes when he's by himself at home. But a lot of the scenes where he's with the entire family, he seems, it seems like it's very obvious that he's a child actor, but then when he's by himself, he kills it. Like there's a scene at the very end where they're like, what have you been up to this whole time that we're gone? And he goes, um, just hanging around. And, and everybody smiles goes, ah. like this dopey smile. I was like, what is that? What? That's so off in this movie because he's yeah. been so good the rest of the time, you know? Yeah. And he's, he's a little off in the beginning as well. Like the whole pizza scene and all that. He just kind of seems, he seems like, like I can almost see the point of view of everybody else <laughs> at certain points. I'm like, geez, Kevin is kind of annoying tonight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Well, so, do you think that uh, the punishment for Kevin was warranted by the mother to sentence him to go upstairs by no, himself? No, no, definitely not. I mean, as yeah. a parent, you can't, I would never lock my kid in the attic for a night. Well, I, yeah, I don't know. I'm not going to judge any parent on what they do because I don't have kids. I don't know. But um, I, I would send maybe a little time out, but like you can't come out for the rest of the night. I'm sick of you. And go upstairs. I'm sick of you. Go upstairs. You can't come out for the rest of the night. You're sleeping in the attic alone. Yeah. And then he says he wants it. What does he say? I want to, I want, you know, my family to disappear or something like that. And she's like, well, maybe you'll get your wish. Yeah. She kind of says things like that. You're like, why are you being so, I mean, come on. Don't be so mean to this little guy. She's a very stressed out, very frustrated mother. But you got to think they're leaving for Paris the next day. Her entire family of like eight people. And you have one kid that's just being so needy and just needs so much help at that moment. But at the same time, I mean, he's walking around. He's like, can anybody help me? You know, I love the, can anybody help me pack my bag? He doesn't know what to do. You know, he yeah. doesn't know how to pack his pack, no, his pack your own bag. Yeah. And then he goes downstairs and there's no cheese pizza. And his older brother says, somebody's going to have to barf it up. And he starts like spitting it up. Yeah. And so he pushes him and he gets all the blame. Buzz, dude, Buzz is such a jerk. He's the worst. He is a he's jerk like, older brother you know? and he just plays it off like he's innocent. I, I think that I think that Kevin is wrong, wrongfully accused in this instance. I think so, too. I think it's just a mean older brother. 
Yeah, but I can see how the parents wouldn't really care to investigate at that moment. They're like, just, guys, figure it out, all right? We got so much going on. And he's just not a good kid. He's not in a good place Mm -hmm. in his life. You can kind of tell he's gone. Maybe he's going through something. I don't know if he'll, maybe they'll get better. I don't know. I don't know what happened to Buzz. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, how old is Buzz in this? Do you think he's like, what, 16? 16, 17? 17? Yeah. You know, he's talking about girls uh, not shaving their armpits in France and, you know, wondering if there's any, you know, nude beaches and the friends like, you know, it's winter, they're closed and he's like sulking um, and he's just, you know, he's inappropriate. He's not absolutely. Good... Yeah. He's out of line. He's None out of, of line. Us, I never wondered if there are nude beaches when I went to Europe. So no, you're going to Paris <laughs> with your family. Who cares about armpits? Get to see the Eiffel Tower. <laughs> Yeah, go visit the history. There's plenty of historic, beautiful, beautiful sites. So, I mean, yeah. what are you doing, Buzz? Come on. He does seem like a weird kid, though. Did you know that? Like, you know when uh, Kevin picks up the picture and goes, "Buzz's girlfriend." Woof, woof. That's actually that's like one of the um, one of like the lighting guy's son with a with a wig on. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's great. Because Chris Columbus thought it would be, he thought it was cruel to like make fun of a girl. Actually put a real girl in. Yeah. So he dressed a boy up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hilarious. Hilarious. Um, but yeah, so the, the, the beginning of the movie, I always kind of side with Kevin a little bit. Like, I think that he's getting treated a little harshly here. I don't think he's that he He's definitely treated harsh. Yeah. Yeah. And I, also, I mean, he kind of goes on a little temper tra- tantrum and he, he has is, a little tantrum. Yeah. He's shouting, he's yelling. So he definitely needs some sort of, I mean, there's probably going to be punishment, you know, when mm-hmm. you act like that with a mm-hmm. parent. I just mm-hmm. don't think, like you said, I don't think it warrants being, you know, stuffed up into an attic for the rest of the night and treated the way he is. Yeah, totally. And the, oh man, his little brother, I think is Rory. The, when he's like, you have to sleep up upstairs with, what's the kid's name? Fuller. Fuller. He wets the bed and I he's know. like, take it easy on the Pepsi. And he's just chugging yeah, Fuller, Pepsi. Go easy on the Pepsi. He's just like, <laughs> just mm-hmm. chugging it and then <laughs> smiles so big. That's one of my favorite. That's and one that, of my favorite gags. What's his name? Uh, Macaulay Culkin's younger brother. What's his name? Like In real Rory. life. Rory, I think. Rory Culkin. Or Kieran. Yeah. Maybe it's Kieran. Maybe. I'm sure I have it somewhere. But yeah, it's a, that's always a funny connection, too, that you make, you know? Yeah, that he has his younger brother. That his actual under, younger brother is uh, in the movie. That's fun. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think it's Rory funny. Culkin. Is it Rory? I think so. I can't find it, but I think it is. It's one of them. Um, but yeah, so I, I really enjoy the beginning. What do you think? Here's, here's another funny thing that I could not stop thinking about during the beginning of this movie is there is a cop and a pizza man. The cop first. Nobody's talking to this guy. Everybody's ignoring him. And there's a pizza yeah. guy ends up. Everybody's ignoring them. How do these two guys sit in this house for so long without anybody acknowledging their presence or like helping no them idea. out? That part is like one of those that it's like, yeah, it's funny. It's humorous, but it does just baffle me. Like there's no way there's no way. Well, especially because this kid needs one hundred and twenty two fifty. If it was 15 bucks, it's like, OK, somebody pay the pizza guy. But it's like this kid needs a lot of money. He's yeah, carrying like, a lot of pizza. Yeah. Excuse me. Any adult, please help me. Like, Hello, I'm here to do my job. <laughs> you know. And then Joe Pesci, it's like, I'm a police officer. Okay. Can somebody talk? I'm standing in your house. I'm I know. I'm in your house. I'm a policeman in your house. <laughs> like, if there's a policeman in my apartment, 
and we're just walking around him. Like, how messed up is that? Like, you can't. Dude, if I, if I got like invited over to like Thanksgiving at somebody like somebody I didn't like didn't know very well's house, and there's just a ton of people. If there's a policeman standing in the front, looking lost, I would walk up to him and be like, "Do you need something, dude?" Like, has anybody helped you, you know, yet? <laughs> I am so sorry, nobody's talking to you for some reason. Dude, <laughs> but do you need something here? I'll talk to you. Uh, it's just because yeah, you're the law is... standing in my house. So. But then even the dad. Um, the dad comes up and he's like, uh, you know, talks to the policeman and then he's like, oh, yeah, we're taking all the necessary precautions. Doesn't even like acknowledge the pizza man. And he's like, oh, I'll get it taken care of for you. And then just leaves the room. Kid's like, hello. He's like, oh, my gosh, you guys are insane. Like, this is yeah. this is ridiculous. Um, that, it that is, part. though. I mean, let's get back to that. But I do want to bring up that it's a, that's a great idea. To dress up as a cop, go around all the houses, and just get a scope on what's going on. That's a good, it's pretty genius. Well, the thing is, nobody's going to question you if you're dressing up like a cop. Unless you run into another cop. Oh, that'd be the worst. That's just bad luck. Yeah, Uh, costume party. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) uh, Halloween, dang it. Uh, Yeah, that that part of that's, yeah, that's funny. but okay, so moving on. Um, the pizza man got paid though, right? Yeah, yeah. the The wife comes out and she she I think she the gives cash. him. I think it was one hundred and twenty two fifty, and I think she hands him like one hundred and forty bucks because he says nice tip. I was trying to count it, but it's pretty quick. Um, but yeah, I think she gives him a pretty a pretty good tip. Also, what do you think Kevin's dad does for a living? I don't know. I mean, it sounds I, like he's never even left the country. He said the only time I've been on a plane is on the back of my mom and dad's car going to aunt whatever's remember that little dialogue on the plane i I missed that i missed that yeah so it's like he hasn't really traveled much i think he's just kind of a i don't know what he does maybe a lawyer i don't yeah he's gotta be something pretty high he seems like a dentist a businessman i don't know man he makes a lot of money it's a big house it's a big house and he's got, I mean, it, it just looks, his life looks very expensive. And he's did got a he, lot of kids. Yeah, he's got a lot of kids. Did See, he fly I never knew all that of them the, out oh, there too? I don't know if that was ever said. Was it, or was it his brother, Rob? Doesn't One, seem like Rob's racking in the dough. <laughs> Let's no, just that, be, no, because that's, that's Uncle Frank. Okay, Frank. Uncle Frank is the cheapskate, but then there's the the one that they're going to visit in Paris. He got a job oh. out there, and he's living there, and he has the two kids that are with them that are um, they're still living like the in the old, United States, yeah, like the older girl and uh, whoever. Mm-hmm, yeah, mm-hmm. but um, so one of those two flew all those people. But dude, I mean, to fly fifteen people, I think it is to like Paris. fifteen people to Paris. That would cost so much money, and also how they all loaded. how they all just come home to Kevin. It's like that's not realistic. Yeah. Oh man, could you imagine how disappointing that would be? You oh, all my just gosh. flew to Paris, and then you're like, it, oh, I we think left it the kid would behind. more so be like, okay, mom's going, she's got it covered. That stinks. She's not going to Paris, but her and Kevin can spend the holiday together. But we all yeah, paid exactly. for all these tickets to be in Paris, like yeah. But then you wouldn't even have any fun. Yeah, probably. It's like if we left you behind, none of us would have had any fun. We would all just been like, "What oh is Danny gosh. doing?" <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Well, seriously though, it's like think about how you would have handled this. 
if you're eight years old, but you would have been in Molt. <laughs> oh, boy. Because <laughs> oh, I was thinking about it just now, like us in, you know, in our in mom and dad's house there now. But, oh, boy, living out in Molt and the way out in the country. Oh, I would have... I would have probably tried to act tough for all of five minutes. You would have been, you would have been like getting into like the guns and stuff, like going out trying to hunt when there was like clearly enough food to get you through. <laughs> probably during the day at nighttime yeah. though, I would just be like, Oh, my God. <laughs> oh. no, don't wouldn't uh, have to worry about burglars though. Like this situation wouldn't have happened to us though, because no. we don't have a ridiculously well, but, nice house in see, one of the, the nicest that neighborhoods about, in Chicago. I know. The thing that I worried about when we lived out there was like the scary man, you know, like not just like a burglar, but like aliens. Well, I don't know. Did you worry about aliens out there? I always have worried about aliens. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I worried about I always worried about like the bad guy, like the big bad killer guy who's going to come do. So I don't know. I don't know what I pictured. He I has pictured no other agenda like, other than like ruining your life and killing. Yeah. You. No other agenda but to be like, oh, I'm, you know, I'm the bad guy and I'm here. These guys end up being these guys end up being bad, but their agenda is to steal money. It's only because Kevin McAllister just ticks them off so bad and tortures them that they end up wanting to kill him. He pushes them to their last straw to where they're like, "Okay, uh, no more of this. (laughs) You know? Yeah. If Kevin Uh, would open the doors and they would they would have just duct taped him to a chair and like stole everything and then just left. He would have been fine. I mean, never seen him again. Yeah. He would have had a little traumatic experience in his life, but I wonder if Kevin kind of just wishes that would have happened. Hey, maybe I shouldn't have messed with those guys, but I mean, he did have just the best. He got away with it and it's so awesome. But, um, well, let's, let's jump forward a little bit and talk about, um, what do you think? So the the time that Kevin's Kevin's alone, um, they kind of highlight on and throughout this entire movie. Um, I think that Chris Columbus and maybe John Hughes too in the scripting, he does such a good job of understanding and kind of portraying the way that an eight year old's mind works mm-hmm. because there are such little quirks and little, little things that you think when you're little, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, for instance, the packing your bag, he's like, pack my bag or uh, going down and the furnace looks all crazy and scary oh, and it just scares the crap out of him. And the uh, the snow shoveler guy, his brother telling him that story, and he's just horrified by this guy all the time. Um, I know. So many of those That's things. So funny. Me up. Mr. Marley. Mr. Marley is just the there's Old salt man. that makes the bodies mummies. It's like, oh, whoa. Yeah, yeah, and that's There's no I, way and that's that exactly, guy is. That's exactly the point. Is that when he says that, Kevin just looks at the like he looks at him and goes, "Mummies," and like whispers "Mummies" yeah. to himself. He's so scared. Um, and they they do a great job of just uh, demonstrating what being an eight year old is like, and the uh, and the fear that accompanies being a kid because you don't you don't know. This is your first time being this old, and uh, so the things that that you have to deal with are just they're just different, you know. Like I remember yeah. one of our cousins telling me a story about how there was horrible monsters named David and Katie's, what Katie's our sister's name, that hunted in the area nearby our house, and I believed it. Was there really? were they really out there but i mean but i remember him telling me that story and i was like oh my gosh 
if I, I'm going to get eaten by a monster that has my name, you know, like it just like, it oh, terrified that would me. be the worst. I know. He's like, hi, I'm David. Like, and I'm also, I'm David. You. <laughs> You're like, I'm David. Wait, I'm David. Well, no, now we are. Well, no, I'm a big monster. That's always like the scary, the scary noise that a monster makes right before you eat you. You know, it's like, I don't even know what's happening too. What is a monster? You know? What exactly. even is a monster? Well, what defines a monster? It's like an amalgamation of a ton of stuff from like labyrinth or uh, like, you know, yeah. Gym what head. pops into your head? Because some, maybe some people just go immediately like werewolf, monster, or something like that. But I don't. I go to like tentacle, weird. <laughs> <laughs> you know. You know what? I actually what I always when I pictured because I, I remember that that was like a traumatic, not like traumatic, but it was a scary thing. I remember from when I was little, and I was truly scared of this. Um, but I always pictured that that big uh, the big creature from where the wild things are. Ooh, yeah, yeah. And Spike Jones just made it way much worse with that movie Wait. that he made a couple years ago. <laughs> Wait, Spike Jones? Yeah, he made that the live action where Spike the wild things Jones are. made that movie. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was Spike Jones. Yeah, I had no idea that he made that movie. That was a bad yeah. call. Yeah, it wasn't. I don't, I don't know. I can't even remember what I, I thought of that. Only movie. watched it once, actually. Yeah, had a good soundtrack. Great, um, great soundtrack. Arcade Fire. <laughs> yeah. But, um, so anyway, dude, where, where even were we? Oh yeah. Little kids Sorry. in the way that they think, um, a lot of, I'm lot eating of junk. Like he immediately just goes for all the ice cream, you know, know. watches a violent movie. Cause these are the things that you can't do when you're, you a kid. do all the things that you can't do. Jumping on his parents' bed, eating popcorn. Yeah. yeah. You, you know, you dream about it, gets into his brother's room, goes through all his brother's stuff, starts shooting yep. his BB gun, sets up this ridiculous thing to what a shot he is, though, when he shoots those army. Well, men. that's the thing. Yeah. When when I was watching that, I was like, wow. And then ending it by uh, by hitting the spatula. And it almost looks like he hits like the narrow part of the spatula. He's a really good shot. Yeah. Way. Great shot. Aim small, yeah. miss small, man. Aim I have small, him on my small. side. Yeah. Patriot. Um but uh it's very very funny very much enjoy Mm -hmm. enjoy that scene um let's dig in let's dig into this conversation and then we can get into the favorite scene favorite character favorite line all that stuff and we'll see where we go from there but um so this is something that i think a lot of people end up talking about with this movie um and i want to hear your take on it um do you think that this is actually possible that this happens in 1990 um there's, you know, we don't have the advancements of modern technology and cell phones and all that sort of stuff. But do you really think there is a situation where it's possible that this kid gets left home for three days and they can't get a hold of anybody to go over and check on him? And the police are just bozos and eating donuts, not talking. I mean, it's I know. What, do you think that it's possible? I I don't. I mean, even if the power lines are down or the phone lines are down in that area, you you got to know somebody. You got to know somebody like a little bit out of town or I mean, I don't know. And also the cops, like you're able to get a get a hold of 911 and get a hold of the police. It's like you would just continue to do that and be like, no, my son is. like He's locked in there, you know. I don't know. Yeah. It just, it doesn't really make sense to me. Um, it, it works for the movie, but I don't think it's a realistic thing. I don't think that could actually happen. Yeah. It's a highly entertaining movie. Um, but 
as as soon as they call the cops and the cops start acting like bozos about it, there's a certain point where you would be like, no, I'm serious. My son is home alone. I can't get home to him. I need a police officer to break into my house and make sure that my kid is okay and take care of him. This is what mm-hmm. needs to happen. Like there's, there's just no way in which this actually happens. And that's fine. Cause it's a movie, you know? Yeah, and yeah. I think that John or John Hughes and Chris Columbus, when they're, you know, with writing the script and making this movie that they tried to cover their, they tried to cover their tracks and you know, the phone lines are down and uh, everybody's out of town that they know. They did a good enough uh, job of working around it. Yeah. They, they made it, they made it believable, but at a certain point you're like, there's, there's no way there's no way. I love how all these 1990s films portray cops and police officers. I feel like a lot of these like early nineties films have them eating the donuts, yellow dye, number five Twinkies, you know, doing <laughs> their thing. Die hard. Um, I, th- that's funny to me because the cops and donuts thing was just such a big thing for so many people. <laughs> people just found that so funny. I know. Oh, yeah. Cops are eating the donuts. <laughs> very <laughs> much like, included in this. And gosh, those guys, did you notice that it was doobie from planes, trains and automobile? Yeah. Oh Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I love yeah, that. I love that. that. <laughs> That's the cop. Also, there's there's a couple uh, there's a couple crossovers. The old guy that sits next to Steve Martin on the plane, the coffer, the cops yeah. directly onto Steve Martin. Yeah, we're He's referencing planes, trains, and automobiles a yeah, lot because we watch that movie every year on Thanksgiving. Um, so yeah, we just recently watched that. But that's the guy that John goes, Candy, she's got yeah. plenty of earrings, big dangly ones. Big dangly ones. <laughs> the way that guy says that, I love it. I know. But yeah, a little crossover there. John Candy, of course. Can't forget that. John Candy, yeah. Kills it. Absolutely kills it. Oh, that's the does. thing is that we can we can talk about John Candy later, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, let's bring him up Any later. other crossovers, though? There's there's a couple others that I was, I was thinking, but maybe not. Uh... If, if there is, oh, well, um, but so, yeah, I just, I just don't think, I don't think it's a possibility that this actually happens. There's no way. Yeah. No way. But they, they do do a really good job. Sorry. I said, do, do, <laughs> gosh, that's <laughs> funny. Do, do there. Yeah, that is funny. Um, they also, uh, one thing that I noticed this time around, and maybe I've noticed it before, but I just kind of forgot. Uh, they do a well or, or a good job explaining how he got left home alone like that kid jumping in the van the girl that's in charge of it is like a teenager and is blah 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 just like counting heads for the sake of it not even caring um and also the ticket getting thrown away in the trash that little thing is it's really you know you've noticed that right the ticket gets thrown away in the trash nice that's what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, so at the beginning, uh, the, they spill the Pepsi or the all the soda, and they wipe off the kitchen counter, and the dad throws a ton of stuff in the trash. And when he throws it in the trash, buried right under it in the thing that he just threw away is a little ticket that says Kevin on it. Oh, my ticket. gosh, dude. I've never noticed that. And I remember thinking this morning when I was watching it going, why do they zoom in on the trash like that? Because all yeah. I ever see is just the red napkins in there, dude. I'm so yeah. glad that you you brought that up because that that would have been that's a plot hole right there that they they covered. They yeah. covered it, man, and it explains you know what it I well. was thinking is I wrote down that girl's name. Heather is the elder daughter or sister or whatever whoever's kid she is. She's the one that does the head count. Her fault. It's all it's, on her. It's her fault. Absolutely. If anybody should go up into the attic, it's her. Yeah, she blew it. She did. She absolutely Who knew it. You blew it. 
It's like when they get to the airplane and when they get on the airplane and realize, oh my gosh, we left Kevin behind. I would be marching back to her and being like, you said you counted everybody. You got a head count. Everybody was here. I asked you. That was your responsibility. And it's like, oh, sorry. There was some weird kid in the car that I counted. I know. And then he was a weird and he, kid. And he said, hey, have a, bring me something French. Mike Murphy. Yeah. What was his name? Well, Eric Murphy? What's his? Well, I had it here somewhere. Funny kid, though. That kid, that kid cracks me up. I love him every time. But oh, yeah, yeah, I think Mitch that, Murphy, Mitch, Mitch Murphy. Murphy. I think oh, yeah. that Heather should bear more responsibility for. What I think happened. she should. But if this were a situation involving our families, I would probably stand up and be like, "David, it's not worth it." She blew it. <laughs> you know, if you got up and you were like, "Hey, you know, you were in charge of the head count," I'd be like, "Dude, dude, <laughs> dude, it's not worth it." Not worth it, dude. She's a teenager. She was thinking of fairy dust, you know? Yeah, absolutely. It's not, it's not How old worth is it. she? She, she, well, she actually she seems like she's like, yeah, she could be like 20 or something. Yeah. I mean, she did have a lot of responsibility. I'm not saying, you know, it's not her fault. I'm just saying there's no point in, you know, getting upset over spilled milk. Or what is that? Is that the <laughs> saying? Yeah, that's... <laughs> What do you do if your kid spills the milk? Slap him in the head? Slap him oh, in what? the head? Why? Why? What does that mean? <laughs> it's uh, not a very tall person. Sorry. Could go Love on. Love that I movie. I know I could go on that forever. Um but Well, uh, it's funny the the how much planes, trains, and automobiles and this movie they're very similar in they tone are very and similar. feel and everything. So it's yeah, it's really interesting and funny watching these movies almost back to back. And also Uncle Buck. Something in between. Yeah, Uncle Buck. Yeah. Yeah. Those three, all the, these three movies are made around, I think Planes, Trains is 87, and then Uncle Buck was like 89, and then this is 1990. I feel like they all have that John Hughes feel to them in that part of his career. Just much like Ferris Bueller's Day Off and Breakfast Club and uh, 16 Candles all feel very similar, you know? So. Dude, John uh, yeah. Hughes is such a good director He's and such great. a good writer. I mean, he he made some of the absolute best movies. It's he crazy. He really did. The comedy is great outdoors. The storyline's great. He wrote great outdoors. Yeah. Really. John Hughes wrote great outdoors. I'm pretty sure. He, he, I might he need is to fact so check great that, at but. writing John Candy. Oh, it's yeah. Almost, absolutely. It's almost as if he was born to be the dream team with John Candy. Because a John Candy of, wouldn't be who he is, you know, or who he was. <laughs> But I think they also recognized... Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off there. I had nothing. Okay. Um, But it's... He allows John Candy to improvise um, Uh a lot of the time, too. Like, much of John Candy's stuff in this movie, improvised. And uh, in Planes, Trains, and Automobiles, Steve Martin and John Candy improvised a ton of their stuff. So, yeah, he... Uh, he writes well for John Candy, but he also knows that John Candy is a comedic genius and can do his thing. I, I feel like improvising plays really well just with movies in general. Like we talked about Thor Ragnarok and Taika Waititi let them kind of just be a little bit more free than others might have been. And it just comes out. Well, you if know, he has an active could, hand in an active hand in um, directing the scene and kind of letting the comedy flow, but you're also it's like you're funneling the comedy into this this area and making it yeah. funny. You, you know what you I mean? You can guide it however you want. 
Yeah, but you're allowing the actors to really dig into the characters, so. which I'm sure they really did with Macaulay Culkin in this in this movie. They yeah, just let totally. him let him do what he wanted to do. Let this kid be the kid because obviously we know he's a great actor. So yeah, give him a little bit of freedom, and he kills it. The aftershave, <laughs> you know. Uh, that, yeah, that seems great. He does what it twice. That whole speech, the whole speech that he gives about um. Uh, taking a shower and using adult shampoo and like I put it in every crevice of my body and even my belly button, which I never usually do, but it feels really good. It's just like <laughs> so, so little kitty. So I just weird, love yeah. that. I love that. It's just so funny. Um, but yeah, hilarious. Um, no, he doesn't say orifice. He says crevice. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's just move on, please. <laughs> <laughs> it's words like that that just should not be said. Man. Yeah, no, I agree. Orifice. It's like moist, you know. Yeah, just, doesn't need just, to be said. That's not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know we haven't got into the the wet bandits yet. But I think we should do favorite scene, favorite character, favorite line, and yeah, then, that sounds good. And go that from there. Good. Um, let's start off with favorite character. And I've done a lot of the talking so far, so I wanna I wanna kick to you. Why don't you start off with favorite character? I might imagine that we have the same one just because my hit the nostalgia of just watching planes, trains and I didn't want to go. I didn't want to go. Is it different? Are we different here? It's different. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Uh, I really wanted to, I think there's a couple characters in this movie that are very clear um, as to being the comedy and the funny things, or you could even pick Kevin. Um, But I picked Gus Polinsky, John Candy, just because the polka king he's just the best and almost to pay homage to him you know i i don't know if we'll get another chance to talk about him to really talk about him on this podcast i'm sure we'll do planes trains someday hopefully and uh maybe we'll do great outdoors at some point but yeah yeah you know since i have the chance to talk about him he just i grew up with john candy his humor almost influenced my life just because he's such a lovable well-rounded uh actor and and i just he just i don't know he gives you the feels you know there's something about him his warmth on the camera and and in movies that just kind of he fits right in there he really does you see him and he walks up and you're like oh nice it's john candy it's not like oh it's that actor or oh it's always like it's always a positive having him in the movie um and the polka do you know all the polka stuff he says? Oh gosh, I wish I wish I'd have written that line down because he's that like, "Hey, really we're funny. we're the you know we're the band." Yeah, she kind of pauses. Polka, like, you know, you know, polka. Yeah, I only say polka, that. polka. We had a few. We had a few hits back in the '78. Yeah, <laughs> she's like, "Oh, in really Chicago, big in Sheboygan, in Chicago, no, Sheboygan, Sheboygan, Sheboygan. really big in Sheboygan. Yeah, I think we really sold about 628 albums there. Albums there. <laughs> He's like sitting there, like you should know who I am. He sold I over know. 600, 628 <laughs> copies of this album. And then she's like, uh, "Have you ever?" Have you ever lost a kid? He's like, yeah, it was awful. The wife was distraught. We left a little tyke in the funeral parlor all day. <laughs> all day, you know. We went back can at I, night. And never, oh, can, you I, can I stop you there? Yeah. Is that, is that your favorite line? No. 
Oh, okay. dang it. Am I, am I stealing your favorite line? Yeah, no, but since we're doing John Candy talk, then I, I'm going to, I'm going to read it. I want to read it since it's my favorite line. So, okay. Got um, it. she, so the mother says, this is when they're sitting, um, in the back. Did you, did you get that? It was a big budget moving truck. See, that was the thing I didn't understand. I'm like, how can you, it's like just getting a U-Haul for seven guys to <laughs> sit in the back of? And just all sit in the back. It is so dangerous. Only in the nineties. Like there's no way, man, if they got pulled no over nowadays, way. that would be oh. serious trouble, man. Like that's a big fine. Hey, we've been pulled this- over in a U-Haul though. It's not like they checked. <laughs> we have. What did we say? We, man, we were idiots. We both had on the matching Superman shirts. Oh and gosh. We were speeding and both of us, God, we we're, we didn't get a ticket. We got away no, with it. No, we didn't. He was just like, just slow down. I think you he kind of just looked cargo. at us like, gosh. <laughs> these guys. <laughs> the, am I really going to ticket these guys? Uh, We're like, do you want some juicy fruit? We got some Twizzlers. We got some Twizzlers. All the way. Um, yeah, totally. But so, yeah, they're sitting in the back of a big budget moving truck and uh, he's having a <laughs> he's having a moment with uh, Kevin's mother and she asks, uh, have you ever gone on vacation and left your child at home? And he says, no, no, but I did leave one at a funeral parlor once. Yeah, it was awful. The wife was distraught and we left a little tyke in there in the funeral parlor all day. You know, we went back at night after we came to our senses and apparently he had been alone all day with the corpse. He was okay. You know, after six, seven weeks, he came around and started talking again, but (laughs) he's okay. You know, they they get over it. Kids are resilient like that. (laughs) And then she goes, maybe we should stop. Maybe we should stop talking about it or something like that. And he goes, you brought it up and that's the last you see of his character that's the last you see of his character um is that really the last you see of his character it's the last you see of his character yeah it's the last oh, thing he wow. says um but that Del line Griffith. that line is one of the funniest that's one of my favorite lines in anything like that that is hilarious to me um and then just just the fact that because i looked this up he totally improvised that that was not even in Did the script. Did he really? Totally all John Candy. That's all John Candy. So that that is the best in my mind because he just came up with that on the fly. Like, it's beautiful. Beautiful. It is beautiful, man. And just the whole how it you know it gets done with it. And then he's like, yeah, after about six, seven weeks. It's like six, seven weeks. <laughs> he, <laughs> you know? he came around, started talking again. He started like, talking again. silent for a month Gosh, and a half. Ruined this poor kid's life, man. <laughs> just sitting there with a dead body. <laughs> Oh God, man. It's awful. Oh yeah. I love it. So yeah, that's that honestly, that speech. So you picked that as your favorite line. I did. That is what kind of solidified it for me as my favorite character. Just because I just, I love him and, uh, yeah, I I think he's great. So perfect, man. Uh, yeah. Just to talk about John Candy, since like you said, I don't know if we'll get the opportunity to at least for some time. Um, But I think that John Candy kind of occupies this occupies this space amongst comedians where, yeah, there's a lot of like comedians that kind of play like the inappropriate guy or um, there's all sorts of comedians. But John Candy is just the absolute lovable kind of doof or love. But he's also like the lovable family man in a lot of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and he is, he is so good at it and he's so funny, but he also just breaks through to like the sentimental part of who you are, you know, I know. like in planes, trains and great outdoors and in uncle buck, he has moments that you just 
are like, I love that man. I love that man. I feel like he's in my family. I feel like he's an uncle to me. You know, like I think that just the way that we grew up watching a lot of John Candy films. I mean, that I, I feel like that guy is, is a part of my life. You I know? feel like he's I, related to me. Yeah, seriously. He feel he's John Candy's the best man. He's, and that's what that's what I love about that's what I love about film and movies. And I think that's why mm-hmm. we do this podcast is because when you grow up with movies like this and you watch these people day in and day out, especially the films that you just you just love and appreciate so much, it becomes a part of your life. It's like bigger than just Oh, I watched that movie. And there's not a lot of people that have that kind of appreciation for film. Um, you know, there's a lot of people that are like that. Like, oh, I like that movie. That one's cool. Um, but you can watch these things and have like, you know, you can appreciate them on a different level. Because that's mm-hmm. all we had to do when we were younger. Like, we either went outside and did something fun or we sat around and watched Uncle Buck. You know? And, yeah, uh, yeah. And so it it has a, it's, it just has a, a profound... Um, piece of our our uh our development you know it's it kind of it's imprinted on us i don't know yeah i don't know why he's getting choked <laughs> up <laughs> I, I don't know why i did that <laughs> dude since, since we I, I don't think we'll ever talk about uncle buck on this sh- on this show um yeah. but the scene in uncle buck when he wa- when macaulay culkin walks in and he's sitting there with the giant oh, pancakes yeah. and he like pops the balloon and goes happy birthday you should have seen the toast. I couldn't even get it through the door. <laughs> that is like one of my all-time favorite scenes. Oh, I, love I love that. I love that. Macaulay How Culkin's much did face. you want those pancakes when you were a kid? Oh gosh, it would be so fun. It'd be so fun to do that to a kid sometime. You know, yeah. later on in life, do that for one of your kids or something. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, I totally support you. I think that John Candy is probably the best part of this movie. Um, I, the only reason that I didn't choose him as my favorite character, uh, was because I felt like it's not fair to everybody else because it's it's not fair to somebody else, which I think I know who your favorite character probably is. Maybe actually mine's, mine's not going to be who you think it is. I guarantee it. Um, but it's just not, it's not fair I, as John for John Candy because I mean it's not yeah. fair to compare anybody else to John Candy because John Candy's the goat. He's he's seriously like the best comedian of all time. He could yeah. be if I really was thinking about it. Can I try um, to guess your favorite character really quick? Is it the kid that he runs out and he goes shoplifter and yells oh, out at the gosh. policeman? Is that your favorite character? No, oh. that's one of my favorites though. Jeez, he's talk about so like bad. Talk about freaking like upping the ante on that situation like this kid obviously just got scared and ran it's a toothbrush and he stole a toothbrush you know and then, and then he that- tells the cop he's like shoplifter get that kid and the cop doesn't know what's going on so he's yeah. like well, hey that kid you know maybe hurt somebody or something you know like there's no need there's that's no a mentally need insane like- kid yeah so he starts no running out to- it's like wow there's no need for that, guys. Um, all right. Well, are you, are you done? Do you want to? Yeah. You want me yeah, to just say mine? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, my favorite character, and I debate. I debated between two for a long time because between the Wet Bandits, they are both very, very uh, hilarious, yeah. and they both have a lot of great lines. Um, Joe Pesci is definitely one of the best parts of this movie, but. I ended up going with Marv. Um, See, that's who I thought. That's who I thought you were going to pick. Oh, is that really? Oh, is really? Oh, yeah. Oh, shucks. I wish I would have let you have it. I thought. No, no. I mean, 
I was thinking that you would have thought that I would have picked Joe Pesci or Harry. Um, but yeah, man, um, Harry is hilarious and that's 100% because of the reactions that he has to all of the, uh, antics of Kevin, like stepping on, stepping on the bulbs. Um, and he just screams or, um, there's one that I'll talk about about Marv, right? Yeah. 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 Did I say Harry? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Sorry. Marv Daniel Stern. Um, when he steps on the nail, that is the oh absolute best. Um, and then when he pulls the light and the iron falls on him and just the, <laughs> how, on, how aloof he looks. He is so hilarious. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> but like, even before that, like him as a character, he has some great stuff, like turning on the, turning on the, um, the faucets and plugging the, plugging the drain on everybody's house. So it's like, our calling be the card. It's our calling card, Harry. And the, you're sick. You Harry's know, that? you're just real like, sick. Yeah, you know how sick, sick that man. is? <laughs> it's awful. Don't oh, do that gosh. to people's house. I mean, yeah, it's bad alone that you're stealing from them. Now you're ruining their house. Like I know, is- yeah, it's just it's so ridiculous. It's so funny. Um, but so he, I, I really like his reactions. He had a lot of great lines. Um, but a lot of it just goes to the fact that I really like that actor. Um, because he's in Rookie of the Year and he plays Brickma. I and know. he's one of the funniest parts of rookie of the year. And so I just, I always have, and I can't, I can't disconnect his character from home alone two. And he has a lot of really funny parts mm-hmm. in home alone two. So, um, yeah, I'm going, I'm going with Marv. I think that he is, he is hilarious. Absolutely hysterical to me. I 100% um, agree. I and think he has, when I- there's, there's one moment in this movie that's laugh out loud for me. And I want to wait to talk about that till a little bit okay. later, but, I um, know. yeah, but, uh, he yeah he there's a couple of scenes that i i I mean i watched this by myself this morning and i still was laughing out loud at him and i've seen this movie yeah at least 25 maybe 30 times i know so anyway um you were home alone when you watched this hey there you go i love when they say he's home alone (laughs) you're like oh said the name of the movie he said Um, it well uh as for what i think about marv um he is, uh, I don't know. There's like two comedy people in this movie to me. And he is just, uh, you know, it was between John Candy and what's the real actor's name? Daniel Stern. Daniel Stern. Yeah, he's just hilarious. He's a great uh, physical actor. Like he's a great, uh, you know, he uses his body really well. And I don't know. He's just great on the camera. Gosh, that sounded weird. <laughs> Sorry. Um, <laughs> but he is like the shining example of like the big dumb bad guy. You know, he works out perfectly for Kevin McAllister because it's just like you get you got everything that you wanted in this bad guy because he is just not going to be he is not going to know what's coming next. <laughs> you know? Even his, his whole look. He's, you know, he's got the curly hair and like that, like scraggly beard. He just, he just looks ridiculous. And he has that mischievous laugh too. Just, (laughs) you know, like he just, he's hilarious. Let's get him, Harry. Yeah. 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 This his voice. Even he, I love Daniel Stern. I think he's a terrific actor. He's not, he's not in a whole lot. He had just like that quick moment in time, but man, he is, he is quite hilarious. Uh, I don't know. He looked, I, he just didn't do that much afterward. He did Bushwhacked and then Celtic pride and then a couple other movies, I think, but not too much. Bushwhacked. I don't even think I, 
It's I mean it's uh, fine. It's a kids movie. Maybe not even. Pardon? I think it's it's got quite a few swear words in it. it sounds borderline just... inappropriate. Dentist <laughs> 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 seventeen. It's, um, yeah, it's already. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, so yeah, I, I wholeheartedly agree with your decision to have to have him as your favorite. He's just the best. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, why don't you go ahead with your favorite scene here? Uh, you know, since you already said your favorite line, I think I kind of want to say my favorite line. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Do, do your favorite line. Sorry. Just the anticipation of it. Um, it's just, it's honestly, it's old man Marley that says it. And it's the scene that they're sitting in the church. And, uh, just like you said, John Williams, man, his music, obviously they have the choir going and stuff. And then there's a little under theme going on. And it is, that is a very emotional scene. Um, and I don't even, it's like close to my favorite scene. I don't really even have a favorite scene in this movie. I would say this, like this line kind of made the movie for me. Uh, Kevin McAllister goes, no offense. Aren't you too old to be afraid? And old man Marley goes, you can be too old for a lot of things, but you're never too old to be afraid. And I just, that line just stuck out to me. Kind of, kind of just made me tear up a little bit. It's like, yeah hits you home you know it's like this old guy is being criticized by all these kids and then you hear about his you know you never know what somebody's what's going on with somebody on the inside you know it's a great Mm -hmm. example of that like this guy's criticized by all these kids and everybody thinks he's a murderer and behind the scenes he's been having trouble he hasn't talked to his son in 20 years or something like that or i don't know how long and everybody uh, everybody has their battles yeah so you know uh yeah that's just like my favorite that's my favorite to I mean, you're never too old to be afraid because I'm still afraid. It's maybe a different kind of afraid. I'm not afraid of the, the big bad guy anymore too much, but I'm afraid of different things now, like the Yellowstone super volcano. <laughs> <laughs> you know, <laughs> or the 9.8 earthquake that's going to hit us. I mean, it's going to happen. It's absolutely at some happen. point. It absolutely Dean Kane came out with a great movie called 10.8 apocalypse. If anybody's ever seen it, it's a, fantastic version of what might what possibly could loom in our future so well um, i mean dante dante's peak oh volcano volcano we should do a natural disaster month sometime oh yeah i'd love to do dante's peak yeah dante's peak twister oh gosh there's some good ones um yeah rest in peace bill paxton huh yeah geez um you know that's it's tough because it's like, I don't want to say too much, but I'm just going to go ahead and say, uh, that's my favorite scene, um, okay. is the church scene. Um, just because I love, I love what happens there. Uh, the old man, I think his name, old man, Harley, he is walks it Harley? up. Dang it. Sorry. It, I it's it Harley, Harley. Yeah. Okay. Well, I, my age could be an M I don't know. Handwriting's pretty horrible, but, um, <laughs> yeah, he comes up and he looks at Kevin and Kevin's like, <gasps> You know, and then he's like, we're Christmas. Can I sit down? And Kevin's like, yeah. And they just have this such a nice little conversation between two strangers. Um, and he, they just have just a great moment. The music is absolutely killer. Um, and I love the I love the buildup of that old man character because we as the audience were like, that guy's not that bad, I guarantee, you mm-hmm. know, and then just the revelation that he's got his own, he's got his own battle that he's going, that happens in his life. And so they both, they both walk away from that moment going to fight their own battle. 
And it's like, oh his is, man, his you just kind of tore his, me up there. Wow. I know he's going to try to talk to his son and reconnect with his family. And Kevin's going to duel with the two idiot burglars. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> to duel these, duel the wet bandits. Yeah. Um, and so any, anyway, I just, uh, I, I really, Kevin's going to throw an iron at a guy. <laughs> 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 I, uh, I just, I love that scene. I think that it's, I think it's a beautiful, all the dialogue was written very well. And, uh, they both, they both come out shining pretty, pretty high on that for me. Um, I think so too. And, and the ending really, they they just hit you. They hit you in the feels in these movies. John Hughes, mm. Christopher Chris Columbus. Uh, it's just they know how to do it because at yeah, the they, end when they, they show him hugging his son, you're like, oh my gosh, <laughs> you know? dude, dude, did you cry? <laughs> A little. I mean, yeah, dude. I tiny bit. I was sitting there and I knew I it was coming. Out, though, so yeah, I work out too. Um, <laughs> but I knew it was, I knew it was coming, but man. And I was like, I'm not going to cry. And then as soon as you see him hug his family and I Kevin know. has that smile on his face, it's just like, I am just so choked I up. And I started know. laughing. I started laughing to myself. Cause I was like, I cannot believe that this movie gets me every single It'll overpower time. you 100% of the time. Yeah. Cause every- he has, he's holding, he's holding his granddaughter and then sees Kevin through the window, extends the hand, waves at Kevin. They kind of exchange glances, and you're like, "Oh man!" Every time, how does it? Every how does it get time. me? It's ridiculous. Know. Yeah, this one, this one definitely probably hits me in the feels harder than any other Christmas movie. I can't think of anything else that makes me cry. Na, 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 na. So good. Oh man, the uh, music is so good. Um, also, well, uh, ro- ro- you, go you go ahead. ahead. You go ahead. Um, you go ahead. Another another quick <laughs> scene that I just think is hilarious to point out is Rockhound, or no, not Rockhound. Um, Max from Armageddon plays Santa. Oh, and, I know. Uh, such a such a great little. We give Chris Kringle little- a parking ticket on Christmas Eve. We gotta do next. Uh, <laughs> what is it? Something shots for the Easter Bunny. I forget. No, yeah, something like that. But I love when Kevin comes up to him and he's like, I know you're not the real Santa Claus, but I know how this works. You work for him. So I want yeah. you to get him a message. Because <laughs> yeah. at first you're like, oh, Kevin knows. But then he says that and you're like, oh, he's a little kid. It's just, it's adorable. It's great. I love that. Um, that whole interaction is hilarious. And then this is also one real quick, and I'll let you do your favorite your favorite scene um, or talk about something you like. Um, but they have, they have so many good bits in this movie that are just hilarious. Um, that in that one, as Kevin walks away, it shows Santa Claus start his car and try to drive it. And then his car uh-huh. just dies. And he's like, I know. Yeah. Son like, oh. yeah. <laughs> and then um, there's one where Kevin's walking back with the groceries and the grocery bags break and everything falls out on the ground. That one's hilarious. See, that um, one's hilarious though, because he buys so many groceries at this store, milk, orange juice, everything. I mean, it looks like heavy bags and this little kid is somehow managing to carry all of that stuff. With, with yeah. looks like with ease and then they all break, but it's like, there's no way. I yeah. can barely carry a bag that has orange juice and milk and other stuff. <laughs> I thought you were just out. kidding. Actually. Well, actually yeah. <laughs> I just, just uh, hurt my, I got an injury <laughs> shoulder thing, you know, dang it. You know, but also no, he I, buys so many groceries and he spends like 18 bucks 
I know. I remember that. So cheap. Yeah. I love that. Where's your mom? She's in the car. Where's your dad? He's at work. <laughs> you know, he, like, he, he says so many different things. There's what a lot say, of great. What does she say? Dad? Like, why can't you, can you introduce him or what does she say? Ask him a question. He goes, cause you're a stranger. Cause you're a stranger. Yeah. That part's Is this great. toothbrush approved by the American Dental Association? I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't say, hon. Well, could you please find out? <laughs> <laughs> I love that. Also, there's a lot of great lines, you know, like Buzz. Uh, the one re- the one that I love of Buzz is no, for three reasons. A, a I'm not that lucky. Two, two, we use smoke detectors. And D, D. we live on the most, <laughs> most boring street in the whole United States. I love that. Like A, 2, and D. <laughs> so, <laughs> gosh, you're so far off. You're so far off. Like, if it was A, 2, and C, it's like, well, you just kind of mess it up. But <laughs> it's like, you yeah. blow it. Buzz is Buzz is pretty funny, man. In the second one, he's pretty dang good. Uh, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, when he like has oh, that whole I know. moment. <laughs> I think maybe that's why I always do that joke. Maybe that is. I don't know. I always do the ladies and gentlemen of the jury and kind of, you know. No, well, that's the caveman skit, Phil Hartman. I'm just know. a caveman. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, yep. But um, so anyways, did you have a favorite scene that you wanted to bring up? You know, it's between that church scene and then I would say I picked the different battle. I'd say my favorite, what I was thinking about earlier is just like my favorite scene is just the entire, the entire length of them breaking in, like all of that. That's that's like my favorite just part of the movie. It's so fun to watch and Mm -hmm. so well done that I was trying to pick like a favorite scene from that because I knew it was somewhere in there, which there is, you know. Uh, yeah, a couple of really hilarious things, but I just feel like it's just the entire thing. You know, Kevin does such a great job and they just keep getting on by this little kid. I mean, it just doesn't let up. Oh man. I mean, he has so many good, good ploys against them. I mean, um, what, what in your mind is, so I think that there's, there's two that I chuckle at like really hard every time. Um, the first one is definitely when he, he hits Harry in the face with the, um, the feathers plastic wrap and the, yeah, oh, and yeah. Then the, the feathers. And it's like, that does nothing to slow him down, <laughs> no. but it's just like, you can tell that Harry's just like, Gosh, this I know is you so just feel annoying. Like, oh my gosh. <laughs> Why? Why would you Oh man, it is so it is so good. Um and then I I imagine you can probably pick out the second the, the funniest one. The tarantula. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I definitely know that, that's that is like one of the funniest. That's always on like the when they're showing snippets of Christmas movies on TV or something, they always show that because it is the funniest. Like it really is. I don't know. It's laugh out loud. Funny. It makes you just kind of, I don't know the way that his acting is. Cause he actually had to have a real tarantula on his face. If you think it's about a it, genuine so, reaction, that's not fake, you know? So it's like, that would be the worst. I couldn't do that as the actor. I would just have to bow out and be like, no, yeah, I mean, you're not. I'm not having a tarantula on my face. Even if it, you can tell me it's not poisonous. I'm still not. I'm out. Like, no, thank no. you. Yeah. I can't do that. <laughs> I'll kill, I'll kill a spider maybe, or let one go or whatever, you know, like a little one in my house. But 
Dude, I see a tarantula. I don't know. I just can't. That would be horrible. And I mean, it's like, how many takes did they do for that? I wonder. Probably didn't have to do much. A couple of them. But that's so that that scene is a big one where I talk about the influence of John uh, John Williams music because you know it hits you in the feels in a lot of parts. But that one it has this climactic build up to that moment that makes it so so much funnier. Um, you know, it's like he grabs Kevin's leg and then he's going up the the stairs and it's like such intense music and like making you be like, oh gosh, is Kevin gonna get out of this? And then Kevin sees the tarantula and it just he just like reaches and puts it on Harry's face and the music goes dun 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 dun. And then it goes dead silent, and Harry er, and Marv just, <laughs> just screams yeah. so loud, man. Yeah, I, love I mean that. that 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 scene on its own. He's my favorite character because that's the hardest yeah. I laugh in a lot of movies, man. That scene makes me laugh harder than a lot of stuff, man. That and the the nail in the foot are the two scenes in this movie because, man. They the way that they shot that when it kind of shows the foot, just the nail just kind of slightly go into his foot. It's not like it. He steps on it and goes through his foot or anything like that. It just pokes him enough to kind of go in and you're just like, oh, and he just realizes like, oh, my gosh, you know, because you could just see the like realization on his face. He just like, oh, oh gosh. <laughs> <laughs> a nail in my foot. I mean, yeah, that would suck. It would suck, man. I mean, Kevin, that could have seriously injured him. You know, like he could have, I mean, he could have, well, I doubt he would have tripped and fallen and had it like go through it. But like he could have stepped on that full force and had that just go through his foot. Who, Marv? Yeah. Well, at this point, he deserves it, though. Yeah, well. Yeah, I mean, yeah, but that's like that's the thing is that he's doing dangerous stuff though. He bl- he has a blowtorch hit Harry in the head. God, <laughs> <laughs> it's so messed up. Ooh, 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 oh, the noises that. that he makes, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Oh gosh, there's so much of that stuff. See, that there's just... so many just good bits. You know, it's just like the it is really the ornaments when he steps through the window. That's such a simple thing. You're like, oh, and as the viewer, you're like, oh, he's going to step on those ornaments. But the way that he does it is just like, then you realize like the way that it's shot and the way that he steps on them barefoot. Then you realize like, oh, gosh, that would, that would be so oh, painful. Would so bad because he pops every single one of them. Just like, oh, ah, you know, it's like, and that's oh. why this movie is so successful is because, you know, like that scene doesn't last that long. It's only like 10 minutes of them yeah. breaking in and all that funny stuff happening. But the whole movie has been leading up to this big moment where they try to break in and Kevin's going to, you know, he's going to foil them. And it is so worth it. Like the payoff yeah. is so good. Like it is yep. so hilarious when they break in. So, I mean, it's just, it, it just kills it. Um, but man, then, I mean, Kevin's plan is pretty good, pretty good. Yeah. But then when they catch him, that scene is horrifying. Yeah. That's terrifying because then they're on their last straw and it's like, whoa. And they're like, and this kid like, ticked oh, us no. off really bad. We want to kill like, him. Oh no, he is a little kid though. Then you realize it again. You're like, oh no, he's yeah, this a is an eight year old. Like physically he can do nothing against them. Yeah, he's helpless. It, he has absolutely nothing. First I'm going to, I'm going to bite each of these figures off one by one. It's like, you know, bite his fingers off. It's like, okay, now you, I mean, you've gone, you have to be pushed to your limits. 
Mm-hmm. To want to mm-hmm. bite somebody's fingers off? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I do love, I do love when Daniel Stern's like, "Let's do what he did to us. <laughs> Hit him in the face with an iron." Like, uh, <laughs> so angry about what has just happened to him. Uh, hilarious. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. The end of the, the end of the movie is is fantastic. Every every single bit of it, and then the family gets home, and when he sees his mom, I choke up a little bit. But I choke up a little bit. Little it's bit. not as big as maybe it could be, but it's mostly old man Harley that chokes me up at the end. It's old man Harley. He's the yeah. most emotional thing for me. Yeah. And you know what? That wasn't even in the original script that was added later on. So it's like, think about what this movie would be like without him. You don't need that character, but it makes it so much better. I mean, they would have, I to wonder figure if out they originally had the scary scene though. I wonder if that was originally in it, like, oh, the scary guy across the street. But then maybe there was just never really any resolve. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. Or maybe they talked in the church and they just never had the thing at the end. No, I think that I think that whole character was. I don't think it was in there originally. Either way, I mean, yeah, funny. But funny. um, yeah. So great movie. What do you think? There's a couple of themes I think that are like prevalent in this movie um one being like the importance of family and no matter how badly your family may tick you off or treat you or something like that um you always gotta love your family something something to that effect absolutely I thought that that, yeah that's a big part of this movie no um, matter how bad things can get family is family yeah exactly exactly and i like that and also the uh there's a lot of talk about fear you know, and uh, get, getting past your fears, no matter what they are, whether it's dealing with burglars coming in your house or simply reaching out to somebody that you haven't talked to in a long time because you're holding a grudge against each other. You know, there's there's different types of fear and it takes a different type of bravery to conquer them all. So there you go. Absolutely. All right. So here's a question, Dan. Um, among the two, Home Alone 1 and 2, which one do you prefer? Ooh, um, I think I think probably the first one. I think the second one is a a close second. You know, it's a phenomenal movie. I'd love to do a full podcast on it because uh, it's incredible. Tim Curry, isn't that his name? Tim Curry. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Tim Curry and just uh, Rob Schneider. Just very funny elements in that movie. But the original is the original, and I love it for what it is. You know, mm-hmm. so I agree. I think that the second one is a lot funnier. Like the second one yeah. is really funny. Um, but I think that the first one is just overall such a good movie mm-hmm. that the second one is just lacking in certain areas. And so it's lacking I, in like maybe maybe plot a little bit like it doesn't have the. Uh, it's just like any second movie, you know, they take what the first one did and expanded it. You know, they they took it and then just kind of made it more funny. They made it bigger. It's in New York. It's outside of a house. You know, it's, you know, they just kind of expanded everything. So it's hilarious and amazing, but it's not, it's not the same, you know, mm-hmm. no matter mm-hmm. what. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Yeah. So I, I prefer the first one every time. So, well, oh, wait, one more thing. I just want to say Joe Pesci saying "Hiya, pal" uh, is one of my favorite lines in the movie. Hiya, that, I mean, pal! 
Hiya, pal. I, I say, say that I, so much. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Also, the the um, John Candy. Try it. Try it. Yeah. I've said that quite a few times too. There's a lot of lot of quotable I parts the, in this movie that I've look said. Look what you did, you little jerk. Oh yeah, look what you did, uh, you I, little jerk. I say That's that one quite the, a bit. One of the best lines in the entire movie. Except when the kid I say gets, it a little different. I say, see what you did, you little jerk. I think oh. I've been saying it like that for a lot of years. But then I quoting it, it, but now it's yeah, just the real thing. Yeah. yeah. I love when the when his brother gets smushed up against the wall too. <laughs> oh yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, uh it's all great. Yeah. I, I mean but, I think that and also the gangster, the the Johnny and Snakes gangster movie maybe needs to be referenced a little bit. AC said ten percent. Too bad AC ain't in charge no more. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to oh, give you to man. the count of 10 to get your ugly, yellow, no good keister off my property. God. Does he say before I pump your guts full of lead? Yeah, before I pump your guts full of lead. One, two, ten. Then, dude, he just like ruthlessly murders that guy. He I fires, know. he fires at him, and he goes down, and then he just continues to pump his guts full of lead. <laughs> <laughs> so over the top. Laugh. I love how Kevin uses that multiple times very well. Like he scares the pizza guy off just for just for fun, just because it's yeah. funny to do. But then he actually scares Marv with it too, which is great. So yeah, hilarious, very hilarious. All right, so this brings it up to the standard question, which this one, I'm kind of curious to see what you say. Do you think this movie is better or worse than School of Rock? Wow, it's like that was all in slow motion because it's like a scary, it's like a scary question this week. Um, Because I think they rival each other. In a lot of ways. I think ways. they do. I think that they really do. They're on a very similar plane, but just because this is a Christmas movie and Christmas is my favorite holiday, uh, I would probably say Home Alone is better. I watch this more often. This is a classic. And School of Rock is a classic in its own, you know, its own right. But this is a, this is a holiday movie classic. And uh, yeah, I, th- I think it's better than School of Rock. Does this movie get the pass because it's a Christmas movie, though? It's like putting Christmas in a movie ups the ante quite a bit and makes you like it more. You know what I mean? Yeah, but Johnny Dubs didn't do the music for School of Rock. That's a good point. That's a good point. It's like, it's yeah, like comparing I, School of Rock to Jurassic Park. What's better? School of Rock's <laughs> oh, yeah. well. Oh, okay, we'll get to that eventually. I don't know. I gosh, I don't know, man. It's a tough one for me. I'm gonna be honest. You could you could put it on either side, and I wouldn't disagree. Yeah, I'd still be happy. School of Rock's so good. School of Rock is so good. It's it really so good. is. Hey, real quick, do your best impression of Jack Black. No, dude. <laughs> no, what, do you want me to actually do like a, a yeah, line that to, he says? I don't know. Try to um, do it. Uh, saw you guys during music class. You really know how to play. It's pretty good. I, I don't know. Long my, time ago, me and my brother Kyle here, we was hitchhiking yeah. down a long and lonesome road. road. 
Minions of Rock. I could uh, see. I could. What's I could that? do a better this impression of him Schneebly. singing. Yeah. Yeah. You Nick. could do a better one singing. I could probably do Jack Black in School of Rock. I think I can yeah. play it, but like doing an impression of him is kind of hard. It's not like a Kevin Hart or something like that. Well, first of all, bah. Like you can't. It's not like yeah. There's like little. Yeah, he doesn't have like that, that distinct of a voice. Or like a Christopher Walken, like you know. Uh, no, in the wrong tone. Do it again. In the wrong tone. It's yeah. It's not like. Jack Black's kind of hard. He is tough to do. But if you're asking me to sing like Jack Black, I think I can do that way better than I could talk. Oh, you'd ace it in or the hole. speak like Jack Black. So, yeah, I don't know. He's got he's got a he doesn't have too distinct of a voice, I think, as far as speaking speaking goes. So, um, I don't know. I don't know if I think this is better or worse than School of Rock, honestly. I, so I you guess just, are you just going with undecided? I don't want to. I think that that's a that's against the rules. I know, but I don't want to have to go back and change this later. I go worse. I'm not changing it. I go worse because I think that this is a Christmas movie, and Christmas movies are... We think that they're better than they really are because they're Christmas movies. You know what I mean? Whoa. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I mean... I think, that we, I think that we rank this higher than School of Rock because it's a Christmas movie, and that's not fair to School of Rock. Well, what? Are you going to say the same thing about the other Christmas movies? Well, there's one that'll rank higher, but... I think yeah. that you'll find my, my verdict on Christmas Vacation will probably be just the same. <laughs> wow. Spoiler alert. No uh, way. It's not... Wow, no, this is going to be a tough month, then, man. This is. I have to, I have to give this I tough month. I honestly haven't disagreed. even given this any thought. I forgot. I, I always forget that we have to compare this to School of Rock, and so it comes at me in the minute. Well, I and I'm love like, School of Rock. It's a, amazing. It's gold. It's common gold. It's an amazing movie. The but, thing is, is I watched School of Rock like last week. And you watched it? Uh, yeah, yeah. I wow. watched it. I haven't seen dude, it. You know, it confirmed everything like i haven't seen so. it in like probably like two years and man that movie is so good i just i wanted to start it again as soon as it was over i was like roll roll it again i can watch that great. entire movie one more time I, well, so there's good. a reason we talk about it every week you know it's a great movie i just don't know i I feel like Home Alone. Oh, man. Well, now you got me being weird. Now you got me like. I know. I know. <laughs> this is our concern, dude. <laughs> this is our concern, dude. Maybe we should. Maybe we should just remain undecided and tune in next week and we'll we'll have a verdict. No, I am. I'm saying Home Alone's better. I'm saying Home Alone's worse. OK, there you have it. There you go. Great show, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? That, what do you think this movie could be better served with Jack Black in it, though? That's the thing is that I also don't think that any character could really be replaced with Jack yeah, Black. Yeah, definitely it would be not better. replace. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he like could be eh. side characters that maybe would be funny if he was. Yeah, but he couldn't be Harry or Marv. He couldn't be. You know, couldn't be Kevin. Couldn't. I think the dad is even really good. I and think John Hurt does a great job. Yeah. yeah. Maybe well, one of the siblings. Maybe Buzz. Yeah, he would be, and he, I mean, in 1990, how old was Jack Black? 30 or something? 25? <laughs> <laughs> I have no idea. I have no scale to base this on. I have no idea. I don't how know old how old is Jack old Black? He... Probably like mid-40s? 
mid forties, fifties, maybe. I don't think he's fifty yet. I feel like he's in his fifties. Yeah, I don't think so. Okay. Well, I guess we're just disagreeing <laughs> on a lot of things today. Dude. Disagreeing yeah. on everything. So. <laughs> um, that's a, that was that was a good a good that took us a long time to figure out what that we thought did. on that. So yeah, good good work. That was a, that was a great uh, great episode. Love Home Alone. Um, it's always fun to talk about that. Also, I am just stoked that we're moving into Christmas movie season. This is I, I don't know. I don't know if I can like really claim this and really say this, but I think this is going to be the best month of movies that we're ever going to get to cover in this podcast. We have home alone, Christmas vacation, die hard and star Wars episode eight, the last Jedi. I mean that that is the best. So, I mean, I think we're both stoked for that. Um, if you I guys think, are yeah. listening, yeah, stay tuned every week for, for these. I think we got, we got Christmas vacation coming next, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Next week's Christmas vacation. Next week, is, and then the next is Last Jedi. And then Last Die Jedi. Hard. We might even be doing a couple of podcasts on that. Um, yeah, I might have to bring in some guests. Um, I think that this will probably be one of the best months that we could possibly do, other than we got a Roland Emmerich month coming up in the summer. So, <laughs> oh, gosh. Monster movies. <laughs> Dave just wants to do signs so bad. I do want to do signs. I want to do alien months. So I know bad. you do. So yeah, excited. For I know. Oh, cool. Um, anyway. So yeah, if you guys are excited about those movies, please, uh, please share us, uh, to your friends. I'm sure, you know, there's so many people out there that, that appreciate Christmas and uh Christmas vacation, especially such a classic. So we're looking forward to that. So yeah, please give us a share. We're on Facebook, professor Jones. Uh, our biggest platform right now is iTunes. Uh, so please subscribe professor Jones. Uh, leave us a review and, uh, you know, pass this along to your friends. Also, we're on Twitter. Uh, check us out on there. Uh, professor underscore Jones. Uh, we are on Instagram. Professor podcast. David, stop laughing. (laughs) (laughs) What is so funny over there? Sorry. It's so funny to me. Uh, yeah. And we're on Instagram too. So we are on Instagram, Professor Podcast. Uh, I'm on there, Daniel Hunter Jones. Uh, I know Dave's on there, Dave TJ23, after Michael Jordan, because he loves Michael Jordan. The GOAT, man. He's the best. Uh, SoundCloud, uh, Professor Jones. And uh, yeah, please, you know, feel free to send us an email as well. Check out our website, professorjones.com. We're all over the web, just like Spider Man. And, uh, we uh, we appreciate everybody that listens a lot. So Merry Christmas, and uh, and I'll hand it over to you, Dave. Thanks so much for listening. We'll be back at you next week with Christmas Vacation. We'll be staying right here, living our lives a quarter mile at a time. And if I don't see you, good afternoon, good evening, and good night.